0: Hallelujah. Set the free and the bound. Amen. Hallelujah that I've been set free and hallelujah I'm about to be set free. Amen. Praise God. Somebody said you never know what God's going to do. Yes, I do. I know that he is going to do just what his word said that he would do. Amen. Hallelujah. I know that half of them missed the turn back time. And uh, I looked at the coffee pot today and I said, oh man, it's only 6.30, I got plenty of time. Then I turned around and looked at the microwave and it said, you have no time. (laughs) And uh, so, (laughs) hallelujah. Let's turn our Bibles to John, the 14th chapter, verse 15 through 20 we're going to be reading. And we're talking about the Holy Ghost in the now. Now, the word now in the dictionary simply means in the moment that you're at. That's what the word now means. And that moment you may have gotten through years of sinful life, disobedience, lack of faith. You might have done a multiple thing, things to bring you to a moment in time. It doesn't, nothing happens overnight. Go to get an amen. And uh, so, when it talks about in our now, it talks about in our moment. Your moment might be a time of need, of circumstances, of bitterness, of brokenness, divorce. It might be whatever that life can throw at you. You may be in a moment now. But you're not alone. You're not alone. Jesus gave us a promise, I'll not leave you nor forsake you. He said, I will not leave you comfortless. I will not leave you without a help. I will not leave you without a guide, an assistant, an aid to whatever you face in life, you can overcome. And so the Holy Ghost, somebody say the Holy Ghost. The Holy Ghost Ghost desires... Just as much as Jesus did, he desires to be involved in your now. And he is not lackadaisical. He's not silent. He is actively pursuing. He is actively desirous to participate because the eyes of the Lord are running to and fro looking for somebody that he might show himself Strong to. Now, God wants, and so does the Holy Ghost, to be involved in our now. The only thing that will shut God out is that we choose to do it our way. We don't want to do it our way. The Bible said it's not by might, not by power, but by what? But by my spirit, saith the Lord. Last week we talked about it's time to get back to living a supernatural life. It's time for us to start walking in the Spirit instead of just being dwellers of the Spirit or in name only. We need to walk in the power of the Holy Ghost. And so the Holy Ghost is willing and he is eager, eagerly willing to be be Uh, in our lives to be involved and to be participants of our problems or our now. Let's look at verse 15, John 14th chapter. If you love me, keep my commandments and I will pray the Father and he shall give you another. Somebody say another. Another would be like a duplicate. It would be something that was stamped out like something had been used as a mold. And so Jesus is telling the disciples that I'm going to give you someone just like me. And to prove what he says, he makes these words, that he may abide with you. Even the spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive because it seeth him not, Neither knoweth him, but watch this. But ye know him, for he dwelleth with you and shall be in you. So we understand that Jesus tells us that the same way that he has been a comforter, we have seen Jesus living with the person of the Holy Ghost. We have seen the Spirit of God moving through his life. We have seen him touching people, calming storms, raising the dead, healing the sick, the oppressed, meeting multitudes of needs. We've seen the Holy Ghost doing for Jesus' life whatever he needed him to do. He was an aid. He was an assistant. He was a helper. He was the paraclete of his life. So Jesus says, I'm going to send you another one. Now you know who he is because you've seen him through me. But he hasn't just dwelled in your presence. He's now going to be in you. So Jesus tells us that we need not to be afraid. We don't need to think that God has disconnected with us just because Jesus is not here personally, because he is here in us in the person of the Holy Ghost. And we can be just as confident about walking with the Holy Ghost as if we could walking with Jesus on the shores of Galilee. We can be as confident that He will answer us, help us, give us insight, show us things to come, reveal to us the work of the adversary, show unto us the will of God. We can be that Confident because what he did in Jesus's life, he is going to do in our life. Amen. John 5 19 says, I say unto you that the Son of Man can do nothing of himself, but what he seeth the Father do, that's what he does also. So, whatsoever he doeth, so doeth the Son. In other words, Jesus tells us that what he did, he did not do on his own initiative. He had a helper. He had a guide. He had an assistant. He had an aide. He had somebody that would be his defense. He had somebody that would serve up to him what was needed for whatever he was facing. And as he did... What did he do? He unveiled God to a people that had sit in darkness. Well, the world sits in darkness and God wants himself to be unveiled to the world. We cannot do that on our own. Could again, amen? Look, religion or a format of devotion and dedication without the spirit of God simply produces death. It cannot produce life. 2 Corinthians 3, 1 down through 7. So, remember that Jesus said this, I will give you another. Somebody say another. another. So we don't need to think that we're any less than the disciples. In fact, we are really encouraged to think bigger than the disciples because we know that he that dwelt with them is now in us so we do not wonder oh the days of the disciples I wish I lived back then no you don't have to wish that you lived back then you are in the now This is what God poured his spirit out for. He poured it out for your life, for your moment, for your battle, for your entanglement with the enemy. He poured it out for your freedom, for your leadership, for the order of your step, for the guidance that you need. That's what the Holy Ghost was waiting for. Remember after Jesus' resurrection, God fulfilled the prophecy of Joel. I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh. So the desire and the projection of God was this day that he poured out his spirit upon all flesh. God wants to be involved in our lives. Could I get an amen? So the paraclete, the comforter, he is our helper, he is our assistant, he is one called aside to defend us and to supply us with whatever is needed to be victorious. Amen. Now that's what He is for. And so we have been enabled and empowered. He lives in us. John 15, 26 says, When the Comforter is come, listen, this is one of the things that's gonna happen in your life. When the Holy Ghost is come, whom I will send unto you from the Father, even the Spirit of truth, which proceedeth from him, he shall testify of me. What does that mean, he shall testify of Jesus? Kind of like a court case. You know, well, we have somebody that's going to testify. In other words, they're going to produce evidence. And the producing of that evidence is going to sway a jury to either think the man is guilty or innocent. But the Holy Ghost is going to come to testify of who Jesus is. The Holy Ghost active in our life, in our nows. You know, Daniel was not the first man thrown in the lion's den. He was the first man that survived the lion's den. But he was not the first man thrown in the line then. The Hebrew children were not the first rebellious people in King Nebuchadnezzar's kingdom. There were multitudes of them. But they are the only three that survived. Because there was somebody else in there with them. Amen? It was as if it were the son of the living God. And Nebuchadnezzar got that revelation and it converted the whole nation. So when Jesus sends us the Holy Ghost, he will testify of Jesus. He will bear witness of the miracle birth through a virgin. He will bear witness of a man's sinless life and a life with power over devil, sickness, disease, and even death. He will bear witness of the resurrection of Christ. And most importantly, he will bear witness of his present day with us. When you and I go into situations, you and I have heard people say, well, you know, get saved and and praise God, everything will be all right. I don't believe that because it's never happened to me. When I got saved, I got more problems. It seemed like my friends didn't like me. It seemed like the world didn't like me. It seemed like all the problems that I thought I wouldn't have, that they told me I would never have, came into my life. Then I studied and said, many are the afflictions of the righteous." But out of them all, God delivers me out of every one of them. In other words, I can depend on the problem as much as the men and the disciples in the storm called upon Jesus. He brought an answer to the storm. They completed the mission, lost nothing, and accomplished their identity in God we are the followers of Christ and so we can arrest the Holy Ghost just as they did Jesus remember another comforter so he has to be available to us as Jesus was to every disciple remember the Holy Ghost did not come to be a stranger he came to build an intimate, interwoven relationship with God's plan for our life accomplished through His strength in our life. Remember Zechariah that it said, when you come to a mountain, you cry, grace, grace. The mountain is dealt with by grace. And if you will trust that the spirit of grace is upon you, with you, abiding in you, then know this, that he will lower your mountains, raise your valleys, and make your pathway straight. But we are going to have to learn to depend on him instead of just knowing about Him. We need to embrace the relationship and the communication, the fellowship, the participation of the Holy Ghost. We really need to learn to talk to the Holy Ghost. Yes, hallelujah. And so we understand that the Bible says in Acts eleven twenty six that the disciples of Christ were first called Christians. Acts eleven twenty six. 26, they were called Christians at Antioch. That was the first time. What did that word Christian mean? Why did they think that these were different people? Because the works that Jesus had been doing, they were demonstrating also. The same spirit that walked with Christ was now in them. They called them Christians. That word Christian means a follower, but it also means the anointed ones. In other words, we are anointed, enabled, supplied, endued, empowered, equipped by another comforter. And we can do no less than what Jesus did himself because he is another comforter. He's just like the one that dwelt in the body of the Son of the living God. And he is now in us, the sons and daughters of God. Could again, an amen. And so we have to understand that the Holy Ghost is with us. We need never be afraid. So I want to talk to you about a few nows. Everybody has now moments. I mean, they may change some, but it seems like we keep running into the same moment. Haven't we been here before? There, there is a, uh, uh, a movie. Uh, it's called Next or something. It's got Nicholas Cage in it. Gage? What's his name? Anyway, he can see like a couple of minutes into the future. And so now I have VidAngel. So if I watch it on VidAngel and you say, oh, man, they were cussing, well, buy VidAngel. But I watched it, and it's a cool movie. And then what it does is it shows that he knows even when a guy is going to rob somebody and pull the gun, he sees it. So he gets out of the way, which I would too. People are chasing him. He sees which way they're going to come. He just stepped behind a corner and they go by him. I thought that'd be a nice gift if the Holy Ghost would use me like that. But I'm not a movie. And so, but the Holy Ghost is on the inside of us and he wants to show us things to come. He wants to be with us in our moments. And please understand, it doesn't matter how you get there. So many people tell me this. Well, you know, I'm just sowing what I reaped. I understand what you're saying. But I really want you to understand what God's saying. His mercies are new every morning. Every morning, God's mercies are greater than your failures. And so we don't want to capitalize on how we got somewhere. We just want to trust God and know that we are not alone when we end up wherever we end up. Amen. So let's go to Matthew 10, 19. Matthew 10, 19. This is a great thing to have on our side and... Have this in our arsenal and remember that the Holy Ghost is with us. Matthew 10 19 says this, but when they deliver you up. Now that might be brethren, that might be enemies, that might be the rebellious, the ignorant, it doesn't matter. It just says, but when they deliver you up, who's they? Whoever you count they, take no thought or what ye shall speak. For it shall be given you in that same hour what you shall speak. For it is not ye that speak, but the spirit of your father which speaketh in you. And it even tells us that the brother shall deliver up the brother to death. In other words, we need the Holy Ghost to help us in everyday life, in everyday involvement, not only in the kingdom, but in the world. And so I want to talk to you just for a few moments about the power of the words that the Holy Ghost brings to us. Notice that you are going to be delivered up. But notice that the key to the outcome of your adversaries are going to be the words that you speak. Now, the Holy Ghost doesn't want to leave you in charge of your tongue. Because no man can tame the tongue, but the Holy Ghost can. Amen? And the, whole, and, and the tongue is a dangerous thing. It can be released by emotions. It can be released by anger, division, strife, contention, hatred. All of those things can enter in and take control of your tongue. But the Holy Ghost doesn't want you starting more fires. Remember James? that that tongue is an unruly member and it can defile, in other words, separate you from God's blessing and His best, it can separate you and your whole body from God. And the devil will use it and it will set hell on fire. In other words, he'll take your words and ignite them and build a fire where you never even meant for it to start smoking. He'll cause people to just think differently than what you really meant. But when the Holy Ghost gives you what to say, do you know that a soft answer turns away anger? Do you know that a soft answer can cause your enemies to be at peace with you? Do you know that a soft answer can put out a fire that's been created by hearsay? Do you know when the Holy Ghost gives you a soft answer? Now your mind may be saying, that ain't what I want to say. That ain't. I know that's not what you want to say. But if you just build a bigger fire that's been started to burn you, you're going to get burnt worse. So don't give the enemy any ammunition. Let the Holy Ghost take the sting out of anger. And the Holy Ghost will give you a word. It may not be what you want to say. It may not be words of justification. It may not be words of, you know, uh, I, I just wanted to show you your fault. You know, sometimes films I I deal with people that are separated from their families and their children. First thing they start to say, well, you know, I just want to tell him, it wasn't my fault. We just tell him, why don't you just stay home? This day, you are not going to be reconciled to your children. Oh, yeah, yeah, I I believe it's God's time. I believe it's God's time. It's just you're in control of your tongue. Does it matter why you had a fight with your son or your daughter? Does it matter why you and your wife have been at odds? Does it matter really who is right or who is wrong? Could you really just say, forgive me? Come on now. Yeah. If I did anything, forgive me. It was probably my fault. I'm old. I don't hear right. I don't think right. You're right. You called me stupid all those years. I understand. Just forgive me. Yeah, yeah but he needs to know. No, you're going to drive him right back to the pig wallow. It doesn't matter what's right or wrong. Fill your cheeks with humble pie and start talking. I mean it. Your children are not worth losing because you think you're right. Their eyes, you're not right. So why do you want to start another battlefield about who's right or who's wrong? It doesn't matter. And so we want to have a soft answer. Turn away from coarse words. Because if you start it with individuals, you will separate yourself from the influence of the comforter. Because you can grieve the Holy Ghost by corrupt communication. And corrupt communication includes not just the worldly slang and stuff like that, but it also includes words that we express out of our emotional frustration. Just stop. You know, the devil is a deceivable enemy anyway. He doesn't need our help to destroy our families. Let's not give him our arsenal and our secrets. Let's let the Holy Ghost put a word in our mouth. The Bible says that a good word spoken in due season, man, how good is it? You know, and if you have a season of reconciliation, I don't care how many, listen, to be honest, 99% of the time, I think Phyllis is wrong. Or I wouldn't say anything. Just for the simple fact that I say something means that I'm not in agreement. But it doesn't bother me to just say, well, whatever. It, what, what does it matter? Because a week from now, she's going to change her mind and it's going to be my way anyway. Because truth will come upon her. Now, no, I'm, there are certain things that Phils and I don't argue about. Uh, quality of food. <laughs> there, 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 there's just no sense in arguing about. It. So you know, just just say, "Honey, is that? Oh, I think this is good. What do you think?" That's a loaded question. I'm thinking, I think it's wonderful, darling. I just, man, I just think, well, great. Would would you like for me to fix it again? Well, I don't want to get foundered on it. In other words, absolutely not. Now, my wife is a great cook in her own eyes. I have no problem with her holding her identity. But I don't want to be put under the pressure of challenging that identity. And so, yes, there are times when, may God forgive me, for the sake of the peace of my house, I fudge. (laughs) Honey, is that good? Yeah, yeah, honey. What's wrong? You stuck in your throat? (laughs) I said, it's stuck in every part of my mouth and my throat. No, look. So... There's no sense in arguing about that. Don't argue about how you want the house decorated. Because you do not matter. And she reminds me every day. Well, why don't you come to my house? And say, where do you live, Pastor? Out back. I don't have a house. I live with Phyllis. I'm a renter. And so there's no sense in trying to tell her what colors to put in there or not. I learned a long time ago. Don't tell her what to do because she's not going to do it. And if she does do it, it's always going to be your fault if it don't work out. <laughs> you know and I know. So look, she's a wonderful woman. I'm glad to be married to her. Because who else would be married to me? I got one in a million. Nobody's that crazy. No two people are that nutty. And anyway, so I married Phil. So look, I don't argue about how the house is decorated. I'm just glad that I have a seat in it. Amen? We spent like the last three years looking at a couch. We finally got a couch. Nothing like I wanted that she said, oh, yeah, well, we'll get that if you like it. In the Wizard of Oz kingdom, it doesn't look anything like I wanted, but I'm happy. Why? You got to be something. So I just chose to be happy. I don't argue about household stuff. Really, I'm afraid to argue about anything. The wrath of a woman goes far deeper than the joy that you're going to get if you win. All right. Now, notice that it tells us that we are to make sure that our words are right because the Holy Ghost is going to give us those words. Now, let's go to 2 Kings 4, 1 through 7. This is why we need to hear the voice of the Holy Ghost. Because in hearing the voice of the Holy Ghost, our words line up with the divine will of God. And so in Second Kings 4, verse 1, it says, And there cried a certain woman of the wives of the sons of the prophets to Elisha, saying, Hey, thy servant, my husband, is dead. And thou knowest that thy servant did fear the Lord. And the creator and the creditor is come to take unto him my two sons to be bondsmen. And Elisha said unto her, What shall I do for thee? Tell me, what hast thou in thy house? And she said, Thine handmaiden hath not anything in the house save a pot of oil. And he said, Go, borrow thee vessels abroad of all of thy neighbors, even empty vessels, borrow not a few. And when thou art come in, thou shalt shut the door upon thee and upon thy son, and thou shalt pour out into the all the vessels, and thou shalt set aside all that which is full. And so she went from him, and she shut the door upon her and her sons, who brought the vessels to her, and she poured out. And it came to pass that when the vessels were all full, she said unto her son, Bring me yet a vessel. And he said to her, There is not a vessel more. And the oil stayed. Then she came and told the man of God, and he said, Go, sell all the oil, pay the debt, and live thou and thy children off the rest. Where did that word from God come from? The Holy Ghost. The Holy Ghost. Elijah spoke a word from God to this situation. Many times when God gives us a word, it sets us in an ordered step that will take us into an action of faith. An action of faith. Now her husband had served the Lord, but he had never used his faith to prosper as the scripture says a laborer is worthy of his hire. Elisha certainly wasn't cheating him of his income. He may not even have been aware of how far behind he was. And evidently, Elijah was concerned about her need. And evidently, so was God. Because God gave her a word. Now, when we, as Christians, are looking for a way to use our faith, we are so gung-ho to be in a hurry that sometimes we never consult the Holy Ghost. What if we ask the Holy Ghost, like the disciples, ask Jesus, what should we do with the multitude? Well, Jesus said, well, give them meat. Well, we don't have that much bread. Well, then have them sit down. See, they asked Jesus, What step of faith should we take? And Jesus said, This is what I want you to do. And lo and behold, they were participants of a miracle that fed over four or 5,000 men, plus women and children. So when God gives us a word, He is directing our faith. You remember the uh, Naaman? The leper from Syria came to Elisha and he said, hey, you know the king of Syria sent me over here to get healed. And Elisha says, hey servant, go out there and tell him to go dip seven times in the Jordan. Man, the guy was infuriated. But see, it wasn't about control. It was about the release of faith. It wasn't that The River Jordan was less or more dirtier or cleaner. It was the act of faith that released leprosy. So when the Holy Ghost gives us a word, then we can activate faith. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word. And when God gives us a word, it becomes a sure foundation. You remember when Jesus stood in front of Lazarus tomb oh he probably stinking by now and I'm sure that there was odor around the tombs because people were decaying and and so forth Lazarus wasn't the only guy that had died in last week or so but he was there and they said he probably stinketh by now but Jesus comes and says father I thank you I've done these things because I prayed and you told me what to do see when we get a word from God when we stop running and start fellowship listening to hear to have our steps ordered of the Lord when you have walked to the end of the steps you will be able to stand among all of the voices and the tears of unbelief and broken hope. But Jesus stood firm. Roll the stone away. Are you crazy? No, I'm not crazy. I did what God told me to do. Where did he get that word? Through prayer. What do you think he asked the Holy Ghost to do? God, what do you want me to do? When do you want me to do it? And what do you want me to say? And he gave him a word. Well, Jesus was able to stand. You and I need to be able to stand And we need to be able to see the salvation of the Lord. But we need to hear a word from God. Amen? Not just on a word that you found. How about a spoken word from God that has been birthed by prayer, by communication with the Holy Ghost, fellowship with Him? Why do we want want to run headlong into failure when we could just walk confidently into success. Amen. Let's go to Luke 5, 1. The Holy Ghost in our now. Somebody say, in my now. No matter where you are, I'm telling you, the Holy Ghost is there. He wants to give you the direction of faith movement and faith release. He wants to fill your word, your mouth, with words of faith, words for a season, and words of peace. And he can do it. And it says, And it came to pass, that as the people pressed upon him to hear the word of God, he stood by the lake of Gennesaret, and saw two ships standing by the lake. But the fishermen were gone out of them and were washing their nets. And he entered into one of the ships, which was Simon's, and prayed him that he would thrust out a little from the land, and he sat down and taught the people out of the ship. And when he had left speaking, finished his message, he said unto Simon, Hey, launch out into the deep and let your nets down for a drop. But Simon answering said unto him, Master, look, we have toiled all night, and we have taken nothing. Nevertheless, at thy word, I will let down the net. And when they had done this, had this done, they enclosed a great multitude of fishes, and their net broke. And they beckoned unto their partners, which were in the other ship, that they should come and help them, they came and filled both ships, and they began to sink. Peter pulls up on the shore after using every skill that he could use. Every skill. He's used it all. He's done it hundreds of times. Remember that this is Peter's way of making money that he can barter with, That he can buy food other than fish. He needs to be able to buy clothes, pay bills, repair boats, nets. And Peter comes back disappointed. Not only disappointed, he's really put to shame because people have gathered to buy his catch. And those people are not eating. Those people have nothing to buy. Little Johnny's got a birthday party. We needed 88 silver-backed fish. Well, Peter don't have any. What are we going to do with Johnny's birthday? Johnny's just going to have to play leap year, and he's going to have to pick it up next year. No, what? What about all these people that needed food? How about all of the people that used the fish for commerce? for restaurants, for parties, for entertaining, for feeding their own families. They were all at a dilemma just like Peter was. Peter came to the end of his cell. And everybody comes to these moments, some place in time you end up that there are things that you cannot achieve without God. But the Holy Ghost is there. And the Holy Ghost gives Peter a word. Go back out and let your nets back down. And Peter says, you know what? We've tried everything that we could. We have no more hope, no more expectancy. We're done. We're washing and we're just saying today is a total wash. But God never ever wants us to surrender to defeat. Never. God is with us and Jesus came to give us life and to give it to us more abundantly. So in your places that you may come up short, you may use everything you can use and not obtain what you needed to obtain Guess what? God will give you a word. Somebody say, God's got a word for me. me. It may be very simple. It may be extravagant. It may all be flowery and glorious. You may shake when you get it, but you may not. But if you will take that word and you will act on that word, then you, number one, you'll have a firm foundation that whether the trials, the hardships, the time frames pass you by, it doesn't matter. What matters is that God said something to you. And all of you that have had God speak something to you, you can't deny it. You know that it's a word from God. A word from God can change a nation. A word from God can change a family. A word from God can change an individual life. A word from God can take you from poverty to riches. A word from God can take you to supply from need. Remember when, when Peter said, hey, these guys are wanting tax money. What should we do? Jesus said, here's what you do. Now, realize that Jesus, if he did not pay taxes, could be thrown in jail. So he has to pay taxes. My pastor taught me that your taxes are a peace offering for you to have the privilege of preaching the gospel of Jesus Christ right here on planet Earth. That's what my pastor used to teach me. So when people say, I don't want to pay taxes, I don't want to pay... Well, if you go to jail, what are we supposed to do? No, you pay taxes. Give to Caesar what belongs to Caesar and give to God what belongs to God. In other words, there's a portion from Caesar and their portion to God. And they're both defined. Now, when Jesus needed taxes, he said, Peter, you go. Don't take a net. Take one hook. Go to the sea and cast it in. And the first fish you take up reach in its mouth and you're going to find a coin. And you're going to have enough to pay our taxes. Now, I don't know. The Sea of Galilee is pretty good size. But how does a guy like Peter go to the right spot and the fish without GPS end up at the right spot waiting for a hook to come floating down that he can lay hold of it and deliver provision. I, I don't know. You think maybe God had chips in those fish? Or do you think that Jesus gave Peter An act of faith for a miracle. I think he gave him a direction of order of his steps and he cast that in there and caught the only fish with a coin in its mouth. That's what I believe. And some people say, well, you know, he should have kept fishing. No. No, you're you're just imagining. Come on, you know, that makes for a great message, but it's not the truth. Peter was told how many fish to catch. Why would he disobey? Well, we need a good line for the faith message. No. No, we don't need a good line. We need to do just what God said. And so Peter catches a fish. Now, let's go to... 2 Corinthians 13, 14. We're getting ready to close up here. Hallelujah. 2 Corinthians 13 and verse 14. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the communion, the communion of the Holy Ghost be with you all. That word communion means the fellowship, the intimate workings. To sit down and to share, you know that you can talk to the Holy Ghost. He will listen just as Jesus listened. And you can say, Holy Ghost, I need wisdom. Lots of us need words of wisdom. Amen. I need guidance. I need your help. Wouldn't you talk to Jesus like that? I would. I'd be saying, Jesus, Philip sent me here with the list. No, we would talk to Jesus, and we would implore him to help me. Just as Peter said, come to my house, my mother-in-law is sick. Jesus came and healed the woman. Could we not ask the Holy Ghost, Holy Ghost, Show me the direction to use my faith. What would you have me do? He may have you speak to a mountain. He may have you lay hands on her. He may have you kiss your mother-in-law on the cheek, which I wouldn't believe that was God, but God might use you like that. So we have to understand that the Holy Ghost, somebody say the Holy Ghost, is using us. And then in Acts 17, 16, Paul said this, that he goes bound to Jerusalem in the Spirit. You know God will give you a word of timing, of divine timing. There's a time to sow and there's a time to reap. But you can't always see what's behind the time frames of life. You may not be able to see what is going on behind the husk of corn. You may not be able to see what's going on in someone's life, but you could let God give you a divine time. And there are things that are time-sensitive and there are things not sensitive. The Bible says there's a time to sow, there's a time to reap. There's a time to live, there's a time to die. So we need to have the divine times of God. You know people hear when they have an ear to hear, and they can be deaf when they refuse to hear? What is the sense of preaching to someone that will not hear? There is no sense. Let's let the Holy Ghost be in our now. Whatever or wherever you're at, you're only one word away from a breakthrough. Only one word away from having a resurrection. One word moving a storm so that you can reach the other side. One word that will direct your steps where to put your faith to work. Now, we can just rush through life, but boy, the school of hard knocks is just a place that I don't want to go to college. I just don't want to go to college. I don't want to be beat up anymore, and I've been beat up. I'd rather have the Holy Ghost tell me what to do And how to do it. Amen. Amen? Amen. So let's just start talking to the Holy Ghost. As we would Jesus. Another comforter. In your situation. There is a key. In your situation. There is a word. In your now. No matter where you are. God has. A doorway. Of victory a place to defend you, a place to rescue you, a place to promote you, a place to heal you. And, and, and I listen, I think it's great that, that people say, hey, by the stripes of Jesus I'm healed. And I believe that. I do that. But you know when you're sick, you need to get a word from God. Not just the mass scriptures. But you really need to hear from God. Because that word is the word that you'll be able to stand on. Amen? Amen. Hallelujah. Father, in the name of Jesus. Oh God, we worship you. We thank you in Jesus. We love you. We thank you for all that you've done for us. There's no need unmet. No stone unturned. No mountain that can stand. And no valley that cannot be transformed. Holy Ghost, come. We know that you dwell in us. Yes, we know that. And I know that you're here, we know that. But Holy Ghost, we don't just want you to be here. We want you to have access to us. Speak to us, direct us, lead us. As the scripture says, as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. Father, lead us, fill our mouths with words of peace, soft words, words for a season. God, words of faith, words that order our steps. Holy Ghost, bring things back to our remembrance that Jesus has said to us and that you have said to us. Holy Spirit, many people, have just drifted because of the storms away from what you said to them. And some of them have lost passion, zeal, intimacy because they've let other things come in. But Holy Ghost, you are a spirit of resurrection. Makes us alive. Let us hear... What you once spoke to us. Because what you spoke to us 20 years ago is still the path of faith. Is still the place of wisdom. And is still the way to victory. Now Holy Ghost, you're here. You're in our now, just like you were 20 years ago. And you spoke it to people. Some put this away, it's drifted back. Some do this, they started and they kind of have relinquished. Holy Ghost, refresh that. Refresh that word in us today. Refresh us. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Let's stand our feet. Hallelujah. Holy Ghost, come. Hallelujah. Where's Ashley? Can you sing? Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit. Spirit you, you are well. Done. Holy Ghost, I thank you that you are refreshing the words that you spoke. How your ears are open to our petitions. Holy Ghost, give us guidance. Holy Ghost, lead us. Holy Ghost, help us. Yes, we pray the Father in the name of Jesus But it doesn't stop us from fellowshipping with you, Holy Ghost. Holy Ghost, ignite. Now with every... You've never received Jesus Christ as your personal Savior. The Holy Ghost is tugging on your heart. And it's saying today. Now. The moment right now where God is tugging on your heart. The moment where God is calling your name. You know it's you. You know it's time. You know it's His plan. If you're here today, you say, Pastor, that's me. I want to give my life to Jesus. Please step out in the aisle that is nearest you. And can we sing that one more time, Ashley? Come on down here and let me pray a prayer.